from the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. All I'm going to say is I don't see any World Cup heroes doing Bill's touchdown dances after they score. Is that when you, like, wallow away from the sun? Is that, like, you kind of hide <laughs> yeah, under no, some shade? It's when you cower and weep yeah. over the heat. On the field. Oh, I mean, I've seen some soccer players do that, though. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. Like a lot. But not in, uh, weirdly enough, not in this tournament in the middle of the desert in the Middle East. Yeah. Well, it's because they got that floating shade. Well, they do have AC at all these stadiums. Don't they have, did they ever build the thing they were talking about where no, the thing that the hovers floating over AC the AC unit? Yeah, that never came to be. <laughs> okay. I saw a report, Ken, that they were just going to demolish the stadium one, that they're playing one, in. There's one. There's nine stadiums. One of them okay, thank was God. built to be packed up and then sent to another country, another location. Because it's all recycled material. Right. It's all recycled nice. material. And actually, the built the the stadium is and it's in Doha. It's by the water there in Doha. Yes. But the stadium part of the infrastructure of it are the storage bins that will then have all of the parts of the stadium placed in it. Wow. It helps it helps engineer in, in an engineer sense hold up different portions of the stadium as part of the design. It's really fascinating. Okay, I, cool. I, I take it all back because I was really upset. Like, oh my God, they wasted all this money doing this? No, no doing it the right way. No, 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 no. It's it's much better than what typically happens where these countries yeah. spend Billions of dollars to build these stadiums, and then they don't use them after the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Like Brazil just has five or six stadiums in already a poverty-ravaged country that they're not using, and they spent billions of dollars to build for a one month. Yeah. Like so, what what's happening here? What they're looking at with this stadium is: is this sustainable? Can we do this with more stadiums? Mm-hmm. How long does it take? Can you put these stadiums back together in other locations and all the pieces still be able to to function? Because there's a lot riding on that, but it's a brilliant idea. And it's become a tourist attraction in Qatar because people want to take a picture in front of the stadium that's made out of storage units. Like it's just really cool. It's pretty wild. Qatar, the standard. Love it. They are setting the standard. This started off rough for them. Well, they're they're not it wasn't it wasn't their idea. Eh. This is from a firm a firm out of out of (laughs) Europe that said, hey. Could could you have one of your stadiums be this idea we have? Okay. And they said, okay. That's okay. messed up. We were just going to run with it. Why take the thunder from Qatar, man? Yeah, come on. Come they on. Were, they, they have a lot of bad press out there. We're trying to give them one <laughs> little nugget of, love. Of, of light. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm yeah. okay not giving them any I guess that makes credit sense. for yeah, anything. Yeah. That's just me, though. I don't know. Um, but my point was bringing up that no World Cup heroes are doing Bill's touchdown celebrations. Dolphins are a global brand. Hey, they've already given it a name. It's called the Worldwide Waddle. The Worldwide Waddle. The yeah. Worldwide Waddle. Triple dubs, baby. <laughs> Triple dubs. I wonder if that oh, hit Waddle today. I'll check it. Did you just make that up? Hell no. I just said that's oh. what they're called. Oh, okay. I thought you were just like being cool. Who is they? Oh, I just people in my, my camp, people on, on the, Discord, the, the bird app. <laughs> it actually came from Discord. Stone, Stone could have just owned that, and I would have been like, bro, it. you have. Well, it was too good. I can't do that. risen to the next level of radio. That was really <laughs> good. And I would have been like, wow, Stone, that was amazing. Good right, so, moment. Um, I, I want to play a game called Why is Stephen A. Mad Now? And so on Get Up this morning, Stephen A. Smith was discussing the college football playoff. Uh, and it was discussing an omission in his mind. Why there is a team on the outside looking in that actually won't be in action in the college football playoff semifinals. And Stone, let me know when uh, when you're ready here. We're good. 
Here, kids, is why Stephen A. Smith is angry today. We got Alabama and Ohio State. (laughs) And then I'm looking at Ohio State, right? What did I say to you last week? It's one thing to lose. It's another thing to get your ass kicked. And they got beat down and bum rushed in the second half against Michigan. This is the rivalry. Didn't we hear the hype? Did you see the promotion, Paul Feinbaum? I know you did, okay? What did you see? They sat up there and said, oh, they hate each other. This is the greatest rivalry in sports. I mean, they can't stand each other. They won't even say each other's name. We have to deal with all of that hoopla, all of that pomp and circumstance, all of this stuff that we're looking forward to. And they stomped Ohio State. Stomped them, okay? And so here's what happened, Paul. You want to look at Alabama? Yeah, they got two losses. You on the road against your Tennessee squad, okay? This is the last second field goal as time expires. That's what it takes to beat them. On the road, you go up against LSU. It's a two-point conversion. On the road, as time expires, to win, to win those games. Those are the only two losses that you got in the greatest college football conference in America. And you trying to tell me once TCU and USC wet the bed that you can't sit up there and put Ohio State and Alabama, here's what they did, Paul. Here's what they did. What they said was, you know what? We don't want to put Ohio State three because we don't want Ohio State and Michigan going up against one another in the semifinals, okay? But we can't put, we, 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 we can't sit up there and put Alabama there with the two losses. So guess what? Alabama's going to be out. TCU's going to be in. We'll put them at number three. Ohio State's at number four, and that way if Ohio State is good enough to beat Georgia, which they won't be, by the way, then they'll go up against Michigan, who will beat TCU and for the national championship. I mean, this is unbelievable. Alabama got screwed over, Paul Fine. Uh, Stone, I want you to grade something. Real quick. All right, yeah, no problem. How do you how do you grade that take from Stephen A. Smith that Alabama got screwed? How do you grade that? Could you give it one more? Thanks. I mean, could this guy? Right, one be... more, one more, one more. Okay. You're horrible. Oh yeah, good call. Mm. Good self inflection. <laughs> you like that? That's great reflection. Yeah. On I'm Steve horrible. We gotta change. Calling it to himself on. out. I'm horrible. <laughs> no, try it here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good call. Actually, play it. Ah! Horrible. There we go. That's not bad. That was not bad at all. Not bad. That was all the money. That was pretty good. Use it later. Good, good, (laughs) good. Radio senses right there. Um, I cannot believe the ass kissing of Nick Saban there. Mm. And I understand that Stephen Mm. A. Smith is an influential member of the media. He is the highest paid personality at the ESPN juggernaut. Stephen A. You've proven yourself enough, brother. You have nothing left to prove. You are at the top. You're elite level in your profession. There is no need any longer to take Nick Saban and that that Alabama behind and start smooching it. There's no need for that. Alabama did not get screwed. Alabama does not deserve to be in the college football playoff. But I knew, I knew, I knew that as soon as the college football playoff committee did the right thing and kept TCU in the top four, that we were going to hear stuff like that. Because Saban and Alabama, that's the college football playoff. Those are our tried and true trusted standards. Without them, where do we go? 
What do we do? We're lost. Alabama has no damn business in this Final Four. Yeah, they, they they don't. Um, it, even by his criteria, as he was breaking down why Bama should be in, he kind of was making the argument for TCU, who I believe had the stronger strength of schedule. Yes, right? they did. Out of mm-hmm. all four teams yes. left in so, there, so TCU had the stronger strength of schedule. He was talking about how tough the SEC is. What yawn? He, he kept talking about how there are only two losses. Well, TCU has. One loss. One in a conference championship game in overtime. Right. Which Alabama didn't game. even play in, if no. I remember correctly. No. no. It was LSU to a Georgia. top 10 team. There was, there was no – so there's legit – it's weird. And he made his argument based on brands versus mm-hmm. actual – the context of what he was mm-hmm. saying because that same argument he made, you can reiterate those same points but say it for TCU and actually be correct. Yeah. Now, so. now Stone, let's play a little, little uh, a game I like to call Ken and Stone have quiz time, okay? Um, so many new games. That I, I know, like it's this. so many games. It's like a game show. <laughs> uh, how, many, how many losses did Alabama have? Oh, uh, that'd be dos. Okay. How many losses did Ohio State have? That'd be uno. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the first loss to Alabama, do you recall who uh, they lost to for their first loss? No, absolutely. Can I actually predicted it? It was the Tennessee Volunteers. That's right. That's right. Answer me. Um, when Tennessee went to Georgia then, what um, what happened after that? They got their ass stomped. And then and then a couple of weeks later, what happened when Tennessee went to South Carolina? Uh, they lost that game. They got their ass stomped again. And they gave up <laughs> hey, uh, man, 63 yep. points. Yep. Yeah, but him tearing his ACL isn't why they gave up 63 Mm -hmm. points. I mean, the same. Well, it's just a tough argument to make because we're talking about yesterday. We even did it with UCA, USC, and Caleb Williams kind of going down and them not having a chance necessarily. But I hear you loud and clear. USC, or in that sense, it is USC. But South Carolina was running away with that Tennessee game from the jump. And then the other, the other game that Alabama lost. Who, um, who was who? Who was that? uh, That too. Family. Oh yes, Brian Kelly and his family. At LSU, weird. Bama and, tried to lose the Texas. And and thing. and how many losses did LSU have this year? <laughs> four. I was going to say four. Four. Wow. Four, four. four losses, yep. including season opener to Florida State. That's right. Ohio State. It just it, season I, Let's just let's just let's just make sure that everything's out there, okay? Um, who did who did Ohio State lose to? That'd be uh, the, the Michigan boys. Uh huh. And what did the the Michigan boys just play in on Saturday? A conference championship. Oh, game. that's right. That's right. That's right. They did. And what? Uh, just refresh my memory. I, I was a busy weekend. I was on the road with FAU basketball. What did they do in that game, Stone? Twenty eight point victory over Purdue. Oh, that's that's right. Huh. And again, how many losses for Ohio State? That'd be one. Hmm. And the team that beat them, Michigan, are they in the college football playoff? <laughs> they are. They're seeded oh, number two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, well, good, Stone. I'm glad that you handled that because that answered any question that I had about whether or not Stephen A. Smith was right or not. That right there, what Stone did, accurately answering all of my questions in that cross-examination, is why Alabama doesn't deserve to be in the top four. Yeah. It's, they, it's they not do. a hard decision to make. Like, when no. you want to go brands over schedule, that's the strongest argument is TCU has the strongest strength of schedule, even more so than a Georgia. Way more than a Michigan, more than a Bama, more than an Ohio State. So, like, you can't go past that argument necessarily. If you want to go brands, well, the team that's not branded, per se, won more of the bigger games against more ranked opponents. Yeah. Therefore, mm-hmm. plug them in at three, don't matter. And also, you can't punish a team for playing in their conference championship. Such an easy argument to, to fathom for a guy right. like Stephen A. Smith. Alabama didn't even get there. Am I thrilled Ohio State's in? No, they backed their way in. That sucks. That said... 
they're a better option than Alabama. Yeah. They're, it's, it's almost like they should expand the playoff. No. That's mm. where y'all lose me. It's almost like, Stone, they should expand the playoff to, oh, I don't know, maybe 12 teams? Can you're a damn right that they should. So, there are arguments out the wazoo uh, in this year's case more so than in any year period. in the past. Period. Period. Absolutely. I'll say it one more time. Period. One more time. Period. <laughs> nice. You sound like a city girl, Ken. Um, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> that was really well done. You like that? Oh, that was great. Um, <laughs> why, why, why is expanding the playoff this year a good idea? Well, why is that? How is that helpful at all to this? It's almost contradictory to. Uh, ooh, well, that's a tough one. That's for okay. Me. It's, it's almost contradictory to uh, mine and Ken's arguments because skill wise, um, and, I, and I'm, I'm not going to pull it. I know Ken wants to pull this card later, but the hypothetical spread yeah. that Nick yeah. Saban threw out that he was lobbying for them to get in the playoffs. That's kind of the argument on why it should be open. This is my opinion. Like Alabama is deserving, right? They're a better test to Georgia than Ohio State is per se. And they are, would be favored over Michigan. They'd be favored over TCU. Maybe not Georgia right now. If you open up the playoffs, like those teams get in. This conversation can go those on for days. It, so Alabama's problem, getting in that game. If Hennon Hooker doesn't tear his ACL, Tennessee would be right. slotted next. And you still have USC, who's a damn good football yes. team. You have a Clemson team who's better with Cade Klubnick at quarterback. You're putting these teams in there and allowing them to go beat TCU. If you don't think but TCU they don't should be in there, to be there is my thing. But 100% they do. They've lost a couple of football games. It's unfortunate for them. Yeah. yeah, then they don't deserve it. This college football, since its inception, has been you have to have a near perfect regular season, and then you get a shot at winning the the, the, the uh, national championship. Alabama, if we do it this way and we do the 12 mm-hmm. teams, which we are doing in 2024, which is gonna be it's going to happen. It's going to be fun for us to watch. We get more games of consequence than a playoff game. That's all good preach, and dandy. Theo. I'm glad you Let's came out. Let's the go. The only problem is you're just giving Alabama more bites at the apple to be able to get into the, sneak into these playoffs and do what we know Alabama will do if they get in and win versus I like the whole teams to a higher standard. Go out there and beat Tennessee. Beat freaking LSU and earn your way into the college football playoff instead of us just letting everybody in and getting ready. And it's not going to give teams like Tulane a shot at winning a national championship. Tulane's it's a just damn good give, football team. No, because they'll actually no, be not. in the playoff. They're they'll, not, actually, they'll, they'll actually be in it, college football. It's not going to help them College anymore. football is the only sport that doesn't allow all of its members to compete for a national championship. What's the spread if this Tulane gives them a gets better the, chance? What's the spread if Tulane gets into the so college football So, hypothetically, playoff? they would play Georgia right now, and they probably would be favored by 21 and a half points. So, what are we doing? Say. That's all I'm saying is but, just what are we doing? That, so, that one's an easy one to cherry pick, taking 1 and 12. I don't necessarily think you should be doing that. I That's almost you. cheating the system. You it have is. to go – the cracker matchup that we're going to get between Florida State and USC that everyone's going to want to tune in and, and, at that. And, and which of those two teams has a realistic chance at a national championship? I would say it's USC, someone who can catch lightning in a bottle right now. USC was about to be in the college football playoffs, and they would have had a shot at Georgia. That offense was able to go lost. up task. Of course they would have lost, but I, I want to go back to something you just said where I think, similar to what Stephen A. did, you contradicted yourself. You said you don't want to give Alabama bites at the apple. Well, we do want to give them a chance to lose in this bigger playoff field to teams like LSU, mm-hmm. to teams you're giving no shot to, mm-hmm. to teams like Texas yep. A&M. When we're giving no shot to Texas A&M to take down an LSU team in the last game of the season, no, we want that in the playoffs for bigger stakes. We want Jimbo to beat down LSU when everybody doubted him. That's only going to happen if these teams Stone, are in the playoffs. Let me ask you, would you like to see uh, the future Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams, play Alabama? Th- dude, you're damn right I do. Uh, because you would get that opportunity in a first-round matchup yeah. this year. 
if it was a 12-team playoff this year. Let me let me ask you another thing, Stone. Would you would you maybe like to see TCU and Tulane get at one another? But fire me up two of the highest scoring offenses in all of college football this year. Well, that would be your five versus twelve, oh. brother. And it's that, right there for you. You should Theo, go to that five. That would be pretty good, right? You, Theo, you should go to five to twelve opposed to one to twelve or one to eleven. What's the spread TCU Tulane then? That's that's still double digit. It, it, it's a good question. Yeah, it might be sitting at nine and a half. But do you really think Tulane's TCU's live? a double digit yeah, favorite over, Tulane, over yeah. Tulane? They are. It's tough because now you're Tulane's TCU. number sixteen in the country. Kansas State's number ten. Now you disrespect the TCU. Yeah, so I, I do believe TCU is a double-digit favorite over. I think it's maybe a touchdown, maybe. To Ken's argument, Michigan is favored by double digits versus TCU in that two-three matchup. So yeah. therefore, I I, it, I think TCU, you're disrespectful to five six one product Michael Pratt, the quarterback of Tulane. Much love for Michael. If we Pratt. want to talk about he's, disrespect, he's one of the best running backs in the in the country as well. Okay. I, 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 quarterback. It's, he's, it's, quarterback. Well, he's talking about the running back outside of Michael oh. Pratt. Yes. Yeah, I'm talking about the running back oh, outside of Michael Pratt. Pratt. I don't know yeah, his name yeah, off yeah. the top of my head. Yeah. It's Tajay Johnson or Tajay Johnson. Sorry, I can't pronounce it correctly, but he's. I think he's second or third in all of college football in rushing yards. We want this stuff. We want more parity, right? You'd kind of want this top-heavy thing, and it's really hard because I feel bad for a team like Tennessee right now. If Hendon Hooker doesn't tear his ACL, they're getting thrown in. Yeah, ahead of Ohio State. They are. They are. One hundred percent. If he doesn't tear his ACL, this kid's a Heisman finalist. If they don't tear his ACL and they beat South Carolina, yeah, absolutely. Man, you know what I'd like to see? A team that um, that that beat up on on USC. It feels like college football. It would be better if Utah was in the college football playoff. Utah was hmm. a team been that in it. preseason was ranked in the top five, mm-hmm. and they were projected to play in the college football playoffs. And Anthony Richardson's only good moment of the year happened uh, <laughs> in did. that game uh, yeah. as well. Very first bit. week. I, I I understand the, oh, it gives Alabama more opportunities, but it also gives Alabama more opportunities to get knocked off. It does. They don't have a, a two-game pass That's to fair. a title any longer. And, and it is not going to allow for such... Uh, like Stephen A. Smith is trying to do such excessive ass-kissing to that institution and to that head coach. Because so then they're just that's in every gross. year, though. So then it, it, Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, they're all just in every year. They should be in every year. All right. They're playoff-caliber teams. They're national championship-contending football teams. It just, it, to me, it does dilute what, a, like, I like, and maybe this is just me being traditional, which is not what I expected at all, but just me and what I like out of a college football season, like these dominant runs that teams have from week one through week 15, that is necessary to be a national champion like the LSUs and the Georgias and the Clemsons and the Bamas we've gotten. And I don't like a possible three-loss Alabama team sneaking through the college football playoff and winning a Good, championship. So watch them get wrecked. Yeah, well, absolutely watch them get wrecked. But so I want to ask you, TCU's... Nick Saban and, and T- Bama in the playoffs. TCU's been dominant this season, right? Yeah. At, hell no, they have not been dominant no. at I'm any stand. More one-score one games they than have, any team in the th- country. In the past decade, they have They had eight, the strongest schedule. I, I understand, but they haven't been dominant. They've had eight one-score one wins out of 11 right now. It's like they're not dominant. And honestly, we would miss out Perfect on a team like... The season, they're in it right now. But, and they got lucky, and they got very, very lucky that a team like Hendon Hooker and those Tennessee Vols, like they got lucky that they were able to lose a game because they played an extra one. But that's the they thing right there. They off a fire drill field goal to beat Baylor. Right. So you want to see some of these top-heavy teams. TCU wouldn't be allowed in in most years. They just ended up getting lucky. The breaks went their way, even though they did deserve though. to get in. But they breaks. They needed breaks. They, they needed breaks. Yeah, they needed breaks, but uh, that's part of it as well. But they won the football game. They like, trailed they, in nine of their 11 wins this season. Those are all great stats, and guess what they did? 
Those they, those those mighty horn frogs won. And that's and why guess how many of those twelve games I watched. But what we're saying is I that, know it was but zero. zero but what we're zero. saying with four teams is that as good as TCU's record is, and how many times they pulled it out was showed a lot of fortitude, they would not have gotten in if yes. it wasn't for Tennessee having the bottom fall out or Alabama losing to LSU. But, but those things happened before the conference championship. Or game USC for TCU. possibly losing to Utah. Yeah, if what you're saying hypotheticals and stuff, like it happened though. If TCU's had such that's a, a story but, of college but, football season. If you're Presenting a hypothetical though too. No, I'm presenting to you what actually happened, which is TCU ran the gamut in the regular now, season. You're, presen- was undefeated. you're saying an Alabama three loss team would get in. That was a hypothetical. Oh, who uh, knows? Alabama Based three on loss what team else happened, would, it would have happened this year if it was a 12 team playoff this year. That's not even that much of a hypothetical. It's looking at the top to 12. to use Alabama three loss team. Oh, I don't want to see them get in. When the other possibilities of a 12 team playoff are oh, with the transfer portal making the parity <laughs> in college football greater than it's ever been in the history of the sport, that's a little bit flimsy. I don't know what you mean by that, honestly. More teams having a chance with a more even playing field than we've ever seen makes the college football playoff infinitely better than the one counter, which is, oh, Alabama might get snuck in. Yeah, I still, I'm still riding with that, though. Yeah. I want to see, like, again. You realize as soon as Saban Clemson, goes, Alabama's not going to have the same type of aura around it, right? Like, your, your long national Alabama nightmare is five years five years more top. But there's I've, a, I've there's always, a new Bama in Georgia right there. There is, and I've always fought you on that. I think Alabama will always They'll be there. They'll get a there. new good coach. What happened sure. after Bear Bryant left? They were oh. in the pits, man. Oh, yeah. When like, they, I'm sorry. When they Al- stopped running the wing tee or the wishbone. When Nick, Saban, <laughs> when Nick Saban ends up retiring and then whoever takes over, all these expectations, second coming of Bama Christ, and then all of a sudden they're winning eight, nine games. They turn into Ole Miss. Then come talk to me. Giving 2026, Deion Sanders, head coach of Alabama Crimson Tide. Oh, my I God. Actually like that. I actually like the sound of that. That would be hilarious. Hey, if he – oh, no, don't get me started on Deion again. Because th- three, another three-year run at Colorado, just waiting out Nick Saban. <laughs> For sure. See, in the 12-team playoff, that's how Colorado's going to get in and get and get Deion that Alabama job. It 100% Because Colorado is. ain't getting in in a four-team playoff. They if could. you love Deion, you love 12-team playoff. No, he can get in in a four-team. If TCU can get in, Colorado insane? could. There dude. is no way – there is no USC way is Dion. leaving. USC, oh. USC would boat race Colorado in the next three but years. US, we know that. Yeah. But USC is leaving. When are they going to be officially gone out of the 2025. Pack 2025. So Damn, that's three too, years that's of getting boat raced. <laughs> boat raced by plenty of teams. Washington, if Michael Penix was still there, would beat Utah, the dog Utah. crap. Utah's still going to do the same thing. in the boulder. He might bring – remember, he's packing his and Louis bags. To, to Ken's point, if you're a Dion fan, you're a fan of the college football no, playoff expansion. Yeah. That is a stone-cold fact because I said this to Ken earlier. So Colorado has never been 35th or lower in a recruiting class ever. Yeah. It happened, I think, 12, 13 years People ago. People love mountains. So if they can get into the portal, if they can do all this, end up going, I don't know, 8-3 and three, and then sneaking into a Pac-12 championship in the next year or two, they're in the 12-team college football playoffs, and there we go. We got Neon Primetime versus a USC squad. Or not, but let me, versus, a, I don't know, a TCU squad or something like that. Sign me up. Miami I believe fans, in Deion's Miami ability. fans, if you ever want to be back, you're praying for a 12-team playoff. <laughs> you're damn right. You're praying no. for it. No, get in that top four. That's all I'm saying. Good man. luck. Miami could do it. Y'all don't have any faith now. People would have said before this season Miami started that USC it. couldn't do it, and they were one game away from doing yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I hear you loud and clear on the USC point. I was one of those doubters, too, but 
He brought his boys in, and, and that team it worked out. Oh, you mean Lincoln Riley with the advanced offensive mind that caters perfectly to a team in the year of our Lord, 2022, as yeah. opposed to a quarterback who comes in and still thinks, or a head coach that still thinks it's three yards and a cloud of dust in college football's the military like Mario Cristobal? Oh, you're right. Very, very even comparisons. <laughs> He had to do my boy like that. Dude, that come on, that's just mean. <laughs> He's trying his best, man. Uh, the transfer portal, Miami's busy, though. Miami's busy. <laughs> the way Miami's going to get back, if they get back, is through that transfer portal. But, man, that thing is ragged and as wild, wild west as we're going to ever see. We're going to talk about college football free agency. But before we do that, uh, did the college football playoff committee get it right? Or... Are we being sold short because Alabama's not in it? And maybe the TV ratings will be a bit down because of that. Did the college football playoff committee get it right? And are you pro 12-team playoff like Stone and I are and Theo is fighting? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweet at us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. Did the college football playoff committee get it right? And are you pro 12-team playoff? He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 1063. From the NHR and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. There are well over a thousand college football players in the last 24 hours who decided, you know what, it's time for me to switch schools. That is crazy. The transfer portal in college football is like if the NFL went full liver king and just shot all sorts of anabolic steroids in its backside. I mean, it is free agency on roids. Think about that. And last year, last year, according to 247 Sports, 30%, 30% of the players that entered the portal found a new home. 30. And that's a lot of guys who didn't find a new home. Yeah, that's true, too. That's that, true too. to me, is maybe the most concerning part. You got to stay back. Of the transfer portal, yeah. And one of, I would assume, the biggest recipients of the transfer portal or one of the most sought-out destinations from players going to the transfer portal this year is going to be in Boulder with Coach Prime, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah, undoubtedly. I, that has to be I mean, probably number one destination for a lot of guys. There's been reports, I think, over 200 kids have contacted, yeah. a handful of them, four or five-star kids. The NIL money's starting to pour in, yeah. Um, speaking of Coach Prime, just to show you how good a radio show we are with sharp minds like we have, um, uh, Bamati Jones said something today that's getting universal praise that, I don't know, we might have touched on a bit yesterday mm. and might have made the same point yesterday. For about an hour. But Bamani, Bamani, he's the man who gets all the love and the adulation. Well, here we are. Where's our love? Where's our flowers? Throw roses at us. Mm-hmm. You are going to you are going to feel like you have had roses thrown at you. You're getting treated right when you take that fast yellow train. Mm. Brightline. Go Brightline.com, free Brightline app. Get your passes and live in style. Live in convenience. Travel stress-free throughout South Florida. This is the only way to do it because as soon as you get in an automobile, you're just pulling your hair out. Oh, Banging your head against the steering wheel. It's just brake lights everywhere. You don't get that with Brightline. What do you get with Brightline? Well, you get 
the beautiful stations, West Palm, Fort Lauderdale, Miami. If you get a premium seat, you get the outstanding premium lounge with the free snacks, the free drink. You get onto the train with the AC, with the Wi-Fi. If you're in a premium car, again, more snacks, more drink. And you're able to just relax. Let everything that is troubling you go away as you go to Fort Lauderdale, hit up the museums, go to the beach, or head down to the heat game. Just a couple blocks walk from Miami Central Station to the heat arena. The convenience it's all about convenience. That's the key word when you're talking Brightline. It is the convenience. That's Brightline. GoBrightline.com, the free Brightline app. That's Brightline. GoBrightline.com and the free Brightline app. All right, so yesterday we made the point that Dion, Dion should not be bludgeoned for going to take the bag at Colorado. No. Okay? I, and I made sure that I got Theo's input on this because, to me, him attending an HBCU, having that degree from Hampton, I I wanted him to tell us how he felt about Dion leaving the HBCU because Dion meant a lot to not only Jackson State, but HBCUs as a whole. And your point, Theo, yesterday was, hey, man, he did his part, and he's making his money. How can I bag on this dude? It's not like he won and done the university. Like, three years he put in three solid years, and he elevated them to be the biggest powerhouse in HBCU football since really, I would say, well, North Carolina A&T a few years before them. But still, mm-hmm. they dominated the swag, and, and they're gonna, he's going to go finish it too. He's going to go win the celebration bowl. Too many people, though, believe that Dion was HBCU football. There was HBCU football well before Dion Sanders. Yeah. There's going to be HBCU football well after Dion Sanders. Did he give it a profile it hadn't had in quite some time? Sure. He brought college game day uh-huh. to Jackson, Mississippi. But are, are the HBCUs going to collapse and die because no. Dion's not there? The answer to that is no. It's no, but, but this is where I do understand where some people might be wondering if Dion is a fraud. I said it yesterday. It's because when he went to Jackson state, he started calling his HBCU venture, a calling from God. He elicited a higher power. He made it come off as if going to Jackson state, it is something that, from a faith perspective, he was led to do, which would make it a conquest, which would make it, if you're dropping the word God, a potential lifelong goal, a commitment further than just three years until a better financial offer came along. It was then that he set himself up to receive pushback and anger from those around HBCUs when he called it a calling from God. And wouldn't you know it, this morning on CBS, Bomani Jones, the great, and he is the great. Yep. He is the GOAT. He is fantastic. And where was he? Was I wrong, Stone? CNN. It was actually CNN. Oh, CNN. Sorry, I got yep. the wrong C. CNN, Bomani Jones on CNN, sort of along the same lines, the same wavelength as this radio show, just a little more eloquently. Here's Bomani <laughs> Jones. Step into Deion other Sanders HBCUs. Has spent the last 35 years telling us there ain't but one Deion Sanders. And now he's telling us go find somebody else to do what Deion Sanders does. You can't have this both ways. I don't judge him for taking the job at Colorado. They probably increased his salary by something like 15 times, mm-hmm. right? I totally get that. It all makes sense. 
But what he did was something that college coaches do all the time, which is you have to sell people four-year, ten-year plans when your plan is always one year at a time. That's the only way that you could really pull that off. And so he came in and he sold a long-term vision for what was going on at Jackson State, but his goals and ambitions were always to be a Power 5 head coach. My take has always been he went to Jackson State primarily because he wanted to be a head coach but didn't want to ever be anybody's assistant coach. So he had to find somebody that would give him a job and make him a head coach and so he could have that on his resume and then he could take that to try to get the job that he actually wanted. Jackson State was the place that could do it and he did a lot of good work while he was at Jackson State. But all the bigger grandiose notions of what he was doing for somebody else, no, it was what it always is. He did it for Dion, and that's fine if you don't tell us that you're trying to do this for somebody else. But can he do both? Can't he go to a program and be there for three years, only have five losses like he did, and, and bring the attention? Maybe the next person won't be, you know, prime time. They won't be as, as charismatic as he is. But he still did bring attention to it. And and what I've seen from the athletic director and other people is they were grateful for him. And they oh, no. talked about him going on. And something he signaled because of the financial disparities here. No, he's very good. But I think the magnitude of the financial disparity is so much greater than anybody realizes. I think the magnitude of the financial disparity between HBCUs and other FCS schools, the smaller division in Division One, is bigger than people realize it is. So there's room to criticize him for the way that he has left and for the fact that his initial rhetoric is not in line with his ultimate. Well, what would you have him do? What, what would I, you have the man do? Oh, well, I wouldn't have come in in the first place and said that God sent me here to fix HBCUs there and God decided that in the middle of it you were supposed to leave? <laughs> Right? I mean, like, the thing I've said is maybe God wants 10% of 5 mil and not 10% of 375. If God can do math, I can understand why it is. He sold a dream and then walked out on the dream. People have the right to be critical of that. I also would have taken the job that he took at Colorado, right? It's not a judgment of the fact that he took the job. But this is not in line with what he told us for all these years. Huh. Seems a bit familiar to what was discussed yesterday here. Spot if on. we're on the same wavelength as Babani Jones, we're doing the right damn thing. Hey, the weird thing again. is, though, it took us a, a full like 57 minutes to get out what he just did in two minutes. <laughs> that was crazy. Like we we got to figure that part out. How did he use his words so efficiently there? Well, but then again, we do have two hours to talk, though, so it's different. And we also take calls. We take calls. And we also invite the public into yeah. the forum as well. Yeah. I just think we did the exact same thing that he did right it was. there. Yeah, it was. We absolutely all did. the same points. Yeah, especially the point of like. When and you I'm, not bagging, God, I'm not bagging. I'm not bagging on. I'm not bagging on Bamani. What I'm saying is that yeah. if you're on the same wavelength as that man, you're in good shape. We're agreeing with him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do want to ask you about the transfer portal. Because, again, over a 1,000 names in 24 hours yep. got into the transfer portal in college football. A transfer portal where only 30% of players last year found a new home. Some of them left without a school, having to go the JUCO route. They played for a D1 school. All of a sudden, they're playing D3. That wasn't the plan when they got into the transfer portal. Mm -hmm. That's not what they uh, were advised was going to happen. Some of these kids getting very bad advice. The transfer portal, is it proper to describe it as dangerous? Is it proper to describe it as dangerous? Because it's great, and it's a chance for a new opportunity to go play if you weren't playing at your previous place your coach wasn't treating you right. But am I right when I use the word dangerous, Theo, to describe the transfer portal? First off, dangerous to who? The kid. The players. Okay. I would say volatile. I would say it's volatile. Dangerous is a good word to describe it on one side, but I think volatile on both, on both sides because there's no way for a program – other than, you know, being courteous to the, the players' needs to, to block players from going out. That's why I wonder 
I also hope that we don't get any kind of because what's the biggest impediment to free agency in the NFL? The franchise tag. Mm-hmm. That, that, but that, that's you something can't that, that you can't college. block a kid I know. from going to the transfer. Board. I know, I know. I'm just saying. There are you can't do that right do. now. I'm you could argue some players should be blocked from going though because they don't know they don't know anything about anything. Yeah, it's a bad. Sometimes they're leaving on a whim. Sometimes it's emotional decisions and and whatnot. Parents, I mean, yeah, and mentors. Also, yeah. when a coach, I know this for a fact, and it's not anything wise that I'm about to say, but when a coach is going to pick up a kid from a transfer portal. It's the first thing they do. Oh, yeah, it's called that coaching staff. It's called the head coach of the team that that kid's leaving. Say, hey, is this kid worth it? No, and he says no. Kid's got terrible behavioral issues. He's got a bad attitude. This And boom, that's how you block a kid Uh, from having success out of the transfer portal. It's a coach like Mario Cristobal saying, "Hmm, I wouldn't take him. He's going to do this, this, and this, and this is what he did to us. All of a sudden, boom, that kid's got to go somewhere else. there will be some coaches (laughs) who just don't care. who, Who are like Kim Kardashian or Emily Ratajkowski, and they say, we can fix Pete Davidson. <laughs> yep. And bring that kid in yeah. because they want to win. Uh, for example, Lane Kiffin is making a living at Ole Miss off of the transfer portal. His biggest impact players in what's going into now his fourth year in Oxford has been via largely the transfer portal. He has found a way to make it succeed. Tom Herman, new head coach at FAU, guess what he's going to be tapping into in a big, big way, especially with the quarterbacks that are coming out throughout college football. That's right, the transfer portal. Is it the ultimate fix? No. But if you handle it right, can it expedite your winning process? The answer is hell yeah. More so than any other time in college football. You don't have to rely on the freshmen to come of age. You sit in their living room. It takes him three years to mature. Now you can go out and get a known quantity. And you can have him contribute to your football team. It's a great thing, but there's also a consequence on the other side. That involves the young man who maybe shouldn't have gone into the transfer portal because now he's left without a college home. 100%. So it's dangerous to kids with attitude problems who are deemed like un- Playable on your roster. It's dangerous for high school players now trying to, to say that's the big one to these Division One schools that coaches just don't care about anymore. You just touched on it. We don't have to develop a kid with raw talent and size. No, I can just go grab one from I don't know West Virginia. How, how bad is that though, Stone? Like it was already hard enough for some of these marginal high school players that are trying to get to the D one schools to get offers. I think that's the biggest detriment is the high school players. Again, we have early signing day coming up yep. here. Um, I think the day after the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl game, how tough is that? It's absolutely brutal. Brutal. It's devastating to a lot of these high school teams. But I will say this. I think this is going to be a good opportunity for high school kids to be realistic with themselves. Like when you thought you could go play out of Central Michigan, now you got to go play at a, I don't know, give me a school lower than that. Because you feel like you have to, but that's more so where you're going to end up. FIU. That's more so where you're going to Trash bag. Right. <laughs> so a kid who does hold a Central Michigan offer at their wide receiver position, and then Central Michigan picks up three wide receivers out of the transfer portal that are plug-and-play guys. Right. Over it's over with. But then you find yourself at FIU, and then you're going to get into the lineup earlier. So that's kind of my one rebuttal. Like A lot of these kids aren't realistic. They go to these schools and then end up hitting the transfer portal anyway. But it is devastating. Those numbers, we're going to see those numbers come out. How many less... Division one offers were given to high school kids. We'll see it in Palm Beach County. We'll see it on the Treasure Coast. We'll yeah. see it in Broward and Dade County. It's devastating. I'm more so waiting to see the numbers because they're going to be big. I, as a college football fan, me as someone who calls games and largely my fall and how it goes is dependent upon that team winning games, I think the transfer portal is a good thing. Yep. 
And FAU will occasionally lose some of their best players to the transfer portal, get plucked by Power 5 teams, but more often than not, FAU is the beneficiary of former Power 5 guys who are Mm going to be um, brought onto the roster. You can replenish if you lose some of those guys via the portal to Power 5 teams. That said, that said, it also... Um, as a person, you look at it and you realize some of these kids, their parents hyped them up. They've always hyped them up. The kids actually aren't all that. Yep. And they're told, bro, you're better than this, man. You're better than this. Get out in the portal. That's where that's where it gets dangerous. And then all of a sudden, next thing the kid knows, he's in the middle of nowhere in Kansas at a JUCO. Yep. Because nobody picked him up and now he's stuck. Or he's now at Morningside getting beat by Kaiser. Right. Um, but then Jim Nagy. Jim Nagy. Uh, the executive director of the Senior Bowl tweeted the following today. Money being thrown at college football players in the portal this week is incredible. Have heard upwards of $5 million for some skilled players. It has considerably thinned out the quarterback class for the 2023 NFL draft. <sighs> Travis Benjamin, just saying. Michael Penix, just saying. Yeah, Anthony, I, Richardson I didn't same get, thing. Anthony Richardson didn't get the memo. The Gator Collective didn't <laughs> take care of him. Yeah, he was oh, afraid of it. I, I, am, I, am, I am cautiously... Good with the transfer portal, but boy, it can be disastrous too. Yeah. Is the transfer portal a good thing? 888 I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Real quick, shout out Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more. Get your joints taken care of, your pain taken care of, baptisthealth.net slash ortho. By the way, before we say goodbye, it's happening again. Pro Football Talk. Packers GM says Packers will sit down with Aaron Rodgers after the season regarding his future. Death taxes and uncertainty about Aaron Rodgers' future in an offseason. Your boy Stone is a pain in the ass. Hey, we're going to San Francisco, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Pack up the bags and head west. Oh, my goodness. That's Theo Dorsey. That's Stone. I'm Ken. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. All I'm going to say is I don't see any World Cup heroes doing Bill's touchdown dances after they score. Is that when you, like, wallow away from the sun? Is that, like, you kind of hide <laughs> yeah, under no, some shade? It's when you cower and weep yeah. over the heat. On the field. Oh, I mean, I've seen some soccer players do that, though. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. Like a lot. But not in, uh, weirdly enough, not in this tournament in the middle of the desert in the Middle East. Yeah. Well, it's because they got that floating shade. Well, mobile. they do have AC at all these stadiums. Don't they have, did they ever build the thing they were talking about where no, the thing that the hovers over the... AC unit? Yeah, that never came to be. <laughs> okay. I saw a report, Ken, that they were just going to demolish the stadium one, that they're playing one, in. There's one. There's nine stadiums. One of them okay, thank was God. built to be packed up and then sent to another country, another location. Because it's all recycled material. Right, it's all recycled nice. material. And actually, the, built, the, the stadium... Is and it's in Doha. It's by the water there in Doha. Yes. But the stadium part of the infrastructure of it are the storage bins 
that will then have all of the parts of the stadium placed in it. Wow. It helps. It helps engineer in, in an engineer sense hold up different portions of the stadium as part of the design. It's really fascinating. Okay, pretty I, cool. I, I take it all back because I was really upset. Like, oh my god, they wasted all this money doing this. No, no they're doing it the right way. No, 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 no. It's it's much better than what typically happens, where these countries yeah. spend billions of dollars to build these stadiums and then they don't use them after the World Cup. Mm -hmm. Like Brazil just has five or six stadiums in already a poverty ravaged country that they're not using and they spent billions of dollars to build for a one month. Yeah. Like so what what's happening here, what they're looking at with this stadium is is this sustainable? Can we do this with more stadiums? Mm -hmm. How long does it take? Can you put these stadiums back together in other locations and all the pieces still be able to to function? Because there's a lot riding on that, but it's a brilliant idea. And it's become a tourist attraction in Qatar because people want to take a picture in front of the stadium that's made out of storage units. Like pretty, it's just really wow. cool. It's pretty wild. Qatar, yeah. the standard. Love they it. They are Love setting it. the standard. This started off rough for them. But well, they're, they're not. It wasn't their. It wasn't their idea. Eh. This is from a <laughs> firm, okay. a firm out of out of Europe that said, "Hey, could could you have one of your stadiums be this idea we have?" Okay. And they said, "Okay, that's okay. messed up. We were just going to run with it." Why you take the thunder from Qatar, man? Yeah, come on. Come they on. were. They, they have a lot of bad press out there. We're trying to give them one <laughs> little nugget of, of, of light. Yeah. I'm I'm okay. I'm yeah. okay not giving them any sort I guess that of makes credit sense. for yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. That's just me, though. I don't know. Um, but my point was bringing up that no World Cup heroes are doing Bills touchdown celebrations. Dolphins are a global brand. Hey, they've already given it a name. It's called the Worldwide Waddle. The Worldwide Waddle. The yeah. Worldwide Waddle. Triple Dubs, baby. <laughs> wow. Triple Dubs. I wonder if they hit oh, Waddle today. I'll check it. Did you just make that up? Hell no. I just said that's oh. what they're called. Oh, okay. I thought you were just like being cool. Who is they? Oh, I just people in my, my camp, people on, on the, Discord. The, that bird app. <laughs> it actually came from Discord. Stone, Stone could have just owned that, and I would have been like, bro, it. you have. Well, it was too good. I can't do that. risen to the next level of radio. That was really <laughs> good. And I would have been like, wow, Stone, that was amazing. All right, so, moment. Um, I, I want to play a game called Why is Stephen A. Mad Now? And so on Get Up this morning, Stephen A. Smith was discussing the college football playoff uh, and was discussing an omission in his mind. Why there is a team on the outside looking in that actually won't be in action in the college football playoff semifinals. And Stone, let me know when, uh, when you're ready here. We're good. Here, kids, is why Stephen A. Smith is angry today. We got Alabama and Ohio State. And then I'm looking at Ohio State, right? What did I say to you last week? It's one thing to lose. It's another thing to get your ass kicked. And they got beat down and bum rushed in the second half against Michigan. This is the rivalry. Didn't we hit a hype? Did you see the promotion, Paul Feinbaum? I know you did, okay? What did you see? They sat up there and said, oh, they hate each other. It's the greatest rivalry in sports. I mean, they can't stand each other. They won't even say each other's name. We have to deal with all of that hoopla, all of that pomp and circumstance, all of this stuff that we're looking forward to. And they stomped Ohio State. Stomped them, okay? And so here's what happened, Paul. You want to look at Alabama? Yeah, they got two losses. You on the road against your Tennessee squad, okay? It's the last second field goal as time expires. That's what it takes to beat them. On the road, you go up against LSU. It's a two-point conversion. On the road, as time expires, to win, to win those games. Those are the only two losses that you got in the greatest college football conference in America. 
and you trying to tell me once TCU and USC wet the bed that you can't sit up there and put Ohio State and Alabama in? Here's what they did, Paul. Here's what they did. What they said was, you know what? We don't want to put Ohio State three because we don't want Ohio State and Michigan going up against one another in the semifinals, okay? But we can't put, we, 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 we can't sit up there and put Alabama there with the two losses. So guess what? Alabama's going to be out. TCU's going to be in. We'll put them at number three. Ohio State's at number four. And that way, if Ohio State is good enough to beat Georgia, which they won't be, by the way, then they'll go up against Michigan, who will beat TCU. And for the national championship. I mean, this is unbelievable. Alabama got screwed over, Paul Uh, Stone, I want you to grade something real quick. All right, yeah, no problem. How do you how do you grade that take from Stephen A. Smith that Alabama got screwed? How do you grade that? Could you give it one more? Thanks. I mean, could this guy right, one more, one more, one more. Okay. You're horrible. Oh yeah, good call. Mm. Good self-inflection. <laughs> you like that? That's great reflection yeah. on I'm Stephen horrible. A's part. Oh, we got to change Calling himself on. out. I'm horrible. No, try it here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good call, actually. Play it. You're I'm horrible. There we go. That's not bad. That was not bad at all. That's not actually. bad. That was no. all the money. Are we that was pretty that good. Use it later. Good, good, <laughs> good radio senses right there. Um, I cannot believe the ass kissing of Nick Saban there. Mm. And I understand that Stephen mm. A. Smith is an influential member of the media. He is yeah. the highest paid personality at the ESPN juggernaut. Stephen A., you've proven yourself enough, brother. You have nothing left to prove. You are at the top. You're elite level in your profession. There is no need any longer to take Nick Saban... And that that Alabama behind and start smooching it. There's no need for that. Alabama did not get screwed. Alabama does not deserve to be in the college football playoff. But I knew, I knew, I knew that as soon as the college football playoff committee did the right thing and kept TCU in the top four, that we were going to hear stuff like that. Because Saban and Alabama... That's the college football playoff. Those are our tried and true, trusted standards. Without them, where do we go? What do we do? We're lost. Alabama has no damn business in this Final Four. Yeah, they, they, they don't. Um, it, even by his criteria, as he was breaking down why Bama should be in, he kind of was making the argument for TCU, who I believe had the stronger strength of schedule, Yes, right? they did, out of mm-hmm. all four teams yes. left in there. So TCU had the stronger strength of schedule. He was talking about how tough the SEC is. What, yawn? He, he kept talking about how there are only two losses. Well, TCU has one loss. One in a conference championship game in overtime. Right. Which Alabama didn't game. even play in, if no. I remember correctly. No, no it was no. LSU to a Georgia. top 10 team. There was, there was no – so there's legit – it's weird in – he made his argument based on brands versus mm-hmm. actual the context of what he was mm-hmm. saying because that same argument he made, you can reiterate those same points but say it for TCU and actually be correct. Yeah. Now, so. now Stone, let's play a little little uh, a game I like to call Ken and Stone have quiz time. Okay. Um, so many new games. That I, I know. Like it's this. So many games. It's like a game show. <laughs> uh, how many how many losses did Alabama have? Oh, uh, that'd be dos. Okay. How many losses did Ohio State have? That'd be uno. Mm-hmm. Um. The, the first loss to Alabama, do you recall 
who uh, they lost to for their first loss? No, absolutely. Can I actually predicted it? It was the Tennessee Volunteers. That's right. That's right. Answer me. Um, when Tennessee went to Georgia, then what? Um, what happened after that? They got their ass stomped. And then, and then a couple of weeks later, what happened when Tennessee went to South Carolina? Uh, they lost that game. They got their ass stomped again. And they gave up <laughs> hey, uh, sixty-three yep. points. Yep. Yeah, but him tearing his ACL isn't why they gave up 63 mm-hmm. points. I mean, the same. Well, it's just a tough argument to make because we're talking about yesterday. We even did it with UCA, UC, USC, and Caleb Williams kind of going down and them yeah. not having a chance necessarily. But I hear you loud and clear. USC, or in that sense, it is USC. But South Carolina was oh, running away yeah. with that and, Tennessee game from the jump. And then the other, the other game that Alabama lost. Who, um, who was who? Who was that? Who be, was uh, that too? Family. Oh yes, family. Brian Kelly and his family. At LSU, weird. Bama's right to lose the Texas. And 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 how many losses did LSU have this year? <laughs> four. I was going to say four. Four. Wow. Four. Four, four losses, yep. including season opener to Florida State. That's right. Ohio State. It just it, season I, closers. Let's just let's just let's just make sure that everything's out there, okay? Um, who did who did Ohio State lose to? That'd be uh, the, the Michigan boys. Uh huh. And what did the the Michigan boys just play in on Saturday? A conference championship. Oh, game. that's right. That's right. That's right. They did. And what? Uh, just refresh my memory. I, I was a busy weekend. I was on the road with FAU basketball. What did they do in that game, Stone? Twenty eight point victory over Purdue. Oh, that's that's right. Huh. And again, how many losses for Ohio State? That'd be one. And the team that beat them, Michigan, are they in the college football playoff? <laughs> they are. They're seeding oh, number two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, well, good, Stone. I'm glad that you handled that because that answered any question that I had about whether or not Stephen A. Smith was right or not. That right there, what Stone did, accurately answering all of my questions in that cross-examination, is why Alabama doesn't deserve to be in the top four. Yeah. It's, they, it's they not do. a hard decision to make. Like, when no. you want to go brands over schedule, that's the strongest argument is TCU has the strongest strength of schedule, even more so than a Georgia. Way more than a Michigan, more than a Bama, more than an Ohio State. So, like, you can't go past that argument necessarily. If you want to go brands, well, the team that's not branded, per se, won more of the bigger games against more ranked opponents. Yeah. Therefore, mm-hmm. plug them in at three, don't matter. And also, you can't punish a team for playing in their conference championship. Such an easy argument to, to fathom for a right. guy like Stephen A. Smith. Alabama didn't even get there. Am I thrilled Ohio State's in? No, they backed their way in. That sucks. That said, they're a better option than Alabama. Yeah, there. It's it's almost like they should expand the playoff. No, that's hmm. where y'all lose. Me. It's almost like Stone. They should expand the playoff to. Oh, I don't know. Maybe twelve teams. And you're a damn right that they should. So there are arguments out the wazoo uh, in this year's case more so than in any year. Period. In the past. Period. Period. Absolutely. I'll say it one more time. Period. One more time. Period. Nice. You sound like a city girl, Ken. Um, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> that was really well done. You like that? Oh, that was great. Um, <laughs> why? Why? Why is expanding the playoff this year a good idea? Well, why is that? How is that helpful at all to this? It's almost contradictory to. Uh, ooh, well, that's a tough one. That's for okay. Me. It's, it's almost contradictory to uh, mine and Ken's arguments because. Skill-wise, um, and, I, and I'm, I'm not going to pull it. I know Ken wants to pull this card later, but the hypothetical spread yeah. that Nick yeah. Saban threw out that he was lobbying for them to get in the playoffs, that's kind of the argument on why it should be open. This is my opinion. Like, Alabama is deserving, right? They're 
a better test to Georgia than Ohio State is per se. And they are, would be favored over Michigan. They'd be favored over TCU, maybe not Georgia right now. If you open up the playoffs, like those teams get in. This conversation can go those on for days. It, so Alabama's problem, getting in that game. If Hennon Hooker doesn't tear his ACL, Tennessee would be right. slotted next. And you still have USC, who's a damn good football yes. team. You have a Clemson team who's better with Cade Klubnick at quarterback. You're putting these teams in there and allowing them to go beat TCU. If you don't think but TCU don't should be in there. to be there is my thing. But 100% they do. They've lost a couple of football games. That's unfortunate for them. Yeah, yeah then they don't deserve it. This College football, since its inception, has been you have to have a near-perfect regular season, and then you get a shot at winning the, 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 the uh, national championship. Alabama, if we do it this way and we do the 12 mm-hmm. teams, which we are doing in 2024, which is gonna be it's going to happen. It's going to be fun for us to watch. We get more games of consequence that Absolutely. are playoff games. That's I'm all good preach, and Theo. I'm glad you Let's came do it. Let's the only go. problem is you're just giving Alabama more bites at the apple to be able to get into the, sneak into these playoffs and do what we know Alabama will do if they get in and win versus I like the whole teams to a higher standard. Go out there and beat Tennessee. Beat freaking LSU and earn your way into the college football playoff instead of us just letting everybody in and getting ready. And it's not going to give teams like Tulane a shot at winning a national championship. Tulane's it's a damn good give, football team. No, because they'll actually no, be not. in the playoff. They're they'll, not, actually, they'll, they'll actually be in it, college football. It's not going to help them College anymore. football is the only sport that doesn't allow all of its members to compete for a national championship. What's the spread this Tulane gives them a better the, chance. What's the spread if Tulane gets into the so college football So hypothetically, playoff? they would play Georgia right now, and they probably would be favored by 21 and a half points. So what are we doing? Say. That's all I'm saying but, is just what are we doing? That, so that one's an easy one to cherry pick, taking 1 and 12. I don't necessarily think you should be doing that. I That's almost you. cheating the system. You it have is. to go – the cracker matchup that we're going to get between Florida State and USC that everyone's going to want to tune in. And, and, at that. And, and which of those two teams has a realistic chance at a national championship? I would say it's USC, someone who can catch lightning in a bottle right now. USC was about to be in the college football playoffs, and they would have had a shot at Georgia. That offense was able to go lost. up task. Of course they would have lost, but I, I want to go back to something you just said where I think, similar to what Stephen A. did, you contradicted yourself. You said you don't want to give Alabama bites at the apple. Well, we do want to give them a chance to lose in this bigger playoff field to teams like LSU, mm-hmm. to teams you're giving no shot to, mm-hmm. to teams like Texas yep. A&M. When we're giving no shot to Texas A&M to take down an LSU team in the last game of the season, no, we want that in the playoffs for bigger stakes. We want Jimbo to beat down LSU when everybody doubted him. That's only going to happen if these teams Stone, are in the playoffs. Let me ask you, would you like to see uh, the future Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams, play Alabama. Dude, you're damn right I do. Uh, because you would get that opportunity in a first-round matchup yeah. this year if it was a 12-team playoff this year. Let me let me ask you another thing, Stone. Would you would you maybe like to see TCU and Tulane get at one another? But fire me up two of the highest-scoring offenses in all of college football this year. Well, that would be your 5 versus 12, oh. brother. And it's that, right there for you. You should Theo, go to that five. That would be pretty good, right? You, Theo, you should go to five to twelve, opposed to one to twelve or one to eleven. What's the spread? TCU Tulane. Then that's that's still double digit. It, it, it's a good question. Yeah, it might be sitting at nine and a half. But do you really think TCU is a double digit yeah, favorite over, Tulane, over yeah. Tulane? They are. It's tough because now you Tulane's TCU. number sixteen in the country. Kansas State's number ten. Now you disrespect the TCU. Yeah, so I, I do believe TCU is a double-digit favorite over I think it's maybe a touchdown. Maybe. To Ken's argument, Michigan is favored by double digits versus TCU in that 2-3 matchup. So, yeah. therefore, I, I, it, I think you're you, disrespectful to 5-6-1 product Michael Pratt, the quarterback of Tulane. Much love for Michael Pratt. If we Pratt. want to talk about disrespect. One of the best running backs in the, in the country as well. Okay. 
I, I, it's, it's, well, he's talking about the running back outside of Michael oh. Pratt. Yeah. yeah, I'm talking about the running back oh, outside of Michael Pratt. Pratt. I don't oh, know yeah, his name yeah, off yeah. the top of my head. Yeah. It's Tajay Johnson or Tajay Johnson. Sorry, I can't pronounce it correctly, but he's I think he's second or third in all of college football in rushing yards. We want this stuff. We want more parity, right? You'd kind of want this top-heavy thing, and it's really hard because I feel bad for a team like Tennessee right now. If Hennon Hooker doesn't tear his ACL, they're getting thrown in. Yeah, ahead of Ohio State. They are. They are. One hundred percent. If he doesn't tear his ACL, this kid's a Heisman finalist. If they don't tear his ACL and they beat South Carolina, yeah, Let's absolutely. Man, you know what I'd like to see? A team that um, that that beat up on on USC. It feels like college football. It would be better if Utah was in the college football playoff. Utah was hmm. a team they been that in it. preseason was ranked in the top five, mm-hmm. and they were projected to play in the college football playoffs. And Anthony Richardson's only good moment of the year happened uh, <laughs> in did. that game uh, yeah. as well. Very first week. I, I I understand the, oh, it gives Alabama more opportunities, but it also gives Alabama more opportunities to get knocked off. It does. They don't have a, a two-game pass That's to fair. a title any longer. And, and it is not going to allow for such... Uh, like Stephen A. Smith is trying to do such excessive ass-kissing to that institution and to that head coach. Because so then they're just that's in every gross. year, though. So then it, it, Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, they're all just in every year. They should be in every year. All right. They're playoff-caliber teams. They're national championship-contending football teams. It just, it, to me, it does dilute what, a, like, I like, and maybe this is just me being traditional, which is not what I expected at all, but just me and what I like out of a college football season, like these dominant runs that teams have from week one through week 15, that is necessary to be a national champion like the LSUs and the Georgias and the Clemsons and the Bamas we've gotten. And I don't like a possible three-loss Alabama team sneaking through the college football playoff and winning a Good. championship. So watch them get wrecked. Yeah, absolutely watch them get wrecked. But so I want to ask you, TCU's... Nick Saban and, and T- Bama in the playoffs. TCU's been dominant this season, right? Yeah. At, hell no, they have not been dominant no. at any stand. More one-score one games they than have, any team in the country. In the past decade. They have they had eight, the strongest schedule. I, I understand, but they haven't been dominant. They've had eight one-score one wins out of 11 right now. It's like they're not dominant. And honestly, we would miss out Perfect on a team like... The season. They're in it right now. But, and they got lucky, and they got very, very lucky that a team like Hendon Hooker and those Tennessee Vols, like they got lucky that they were able to lose a game because they played an extra one. But that's the they thing right there. They off a fire drill field goal to beat Baylor. Right. So you want to see some of these top-heavy teams. TCU wouldn't be allowed in in most years. They just ended up getting lucky. The breaks went their way, even though they did deserve though. to get in. But they breaks. They needed breaks. They, they needed breaks. Yeah, they needed breaks. But uh, that's part of it as well. But they won the football game. They like, trailed they, in nine of their eleven wins this season. Those are all great stats. And guess what they did? Those they, those those mighty horn frogs won. And that's and why. Guess how many of those twelve games I watched? But what we're saying, is I that, know it was but, zero. zero. But what we're zero. saying with four teams is that as good as TCU's record is, and how many times they pulled it out was showed a lot of fortitude. They would not have gotten in if yes. it wasn't for Tennessee having the bottom fall out or Alabama losing to LSU. But, but those things happened before the conference championship or game USC for possibly losing to Utah. Yeah, if What's you're saying TCU hypotheticals and stuff like it happened though. If TCU's had that's, such that's a, a story but, on college but, football season, you're. Presenting a hypothetical though too. No, I'm presenting to you what actually happened, which is TCU ran the gamut in the regular now, season. You're present- was undefeated. You're saying an Alabama three loss team would get in. That was a hypothetical. Oh, uh, Who knows? Alabama Based three on loss team would, it would have happened this year. 
if it was a 12-team playoff this year. That's not even that much of a hypothetical. It's looking at the top to, to use Alabama, three-loss team, oh, I don't want to see them get in, when the other possibilities of a 12-team playoff are, oh, with the transfer portal making the parity <laughs> in college football greater than it's ever been in the history of the sport, that's a little bit flimsy. I don't know what you mean by that, honestly. More teams having a chance with a more even playing field than we've ever seen makes the college football playoff infinitely better than the one counter, which is, oh, Alabama might get snuck in. Yeah, I still, I'm still riding with that, though. Yeah. I want to see, like, again. You realize as soon as Saban Clemson. goes, Alabama's not going to have the same type of aura around it, right? Like, your, your long national Alabama nightmare is five years five years more tops. But there's I've, a, I've there's always, a new Bama in Georgia right there. There is, and I've always fought you on that. I think Alabama will always They'll be get a there. new good coach. What happened sure. after Bear Bryant left? They were oh. in the pits, man. Oh, yeah. When like, they, I'm sorry. When they Al- stopped running the wing tee or the wishbone. When Nick, Saban, <laughs> when Nick Saban ends up retiring, and then whoever takes over, all these expectations, second coming of Bama Christ, and then all of a sudden they're winning eight, nine games. They turn into Ole Miss. Then come talk to me. You mean 2026, Deion Sanders, head coach of Alabama Crimson Tide. Oh, my God. I actually like that. Woo! I actually like the sound of that. That would be hilarious. Hey, if he – oh, no, don't get me started on Deion again because th- three, another three-year run at Colorado just waiting out Nick Saban. <laughs> For sure. See, in the 12-team playoff, that's how Colorado's going to get in and get and get Deion that Alabama job. It 100% Because Colorado is. ain't getting in in a four-team playoff. They if could. you love Deion, you love 12-team playoff. No, he can get in in a four-team. If TCU can get in, Colorado insane? could. There dude. Is no it's possible. Dude. There is no USC way is Deion. leaving. USC, oh. USC would boat race Colorado in the next three but years. US, we know that. Yeah. But USC is leaving. When are they going to be officially gone out of the 2025. Club? 2025. So Damn, that's three too, years that's of getting boat raced. <laughs> boat raced by plenty of teams. Washington, if Michael Penix was still there, would beat Utah, the dog Utah. crap. Utah's still going to do the same thing. bringing the boulder. He might bring – remember, he's packing his and Louis bags. To, to Ken's point, if you're a Dion fan, you're a fan of the college football no. playoff oh, expansion. Yeah. That is a stone-cold fact because I said this to Ken earlier. So Colorado has never been 35th or lower in a recruiting class ever. Yeah. It happened, I think, 12, 13 years People ago. People love mountains. So if they can get into the portal, if they can do all this, end up going, I don't know, 8-3 and three, and then sneaking into a Pac-12 championship in the next year or two, they're in the 12-team college football playoffs, and there we go. We got Neon Primetime versus a USC squad. Or not, but let me, versus, a, I don't know, a TCU squad or something like that. Sign me up. Miami I believe fans, in Deion's Miami ability. fans, if you ever want to be back, you're praying for a 12-team playoff. <laughs> you're damn right. You're praying no. for it. No, get in that top four. That's all I'm saying. Good man. luck. Miami could do it. Y'all don't have any faith now. People would have said before this season Miami started that USC it. couldn't do it, and they were one game away from doing yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I hear you loud and clear on the USC point. I was one of those doubters, too, but he brought his boys in, and, and that team it worked out. Oh, you mean Lincoln Riley with the advanced offensive mind that caters perfectly to a team in the year of our Lord, 2022, as yeah. opposed to a quarterback who comes in and still thinks, or a head coach that still thinks it's three yards and a cloud of dust in college football's the military like Mario Cristobal? Oh, you're right. Very, very even comparisons. <laughs> he ain't had to do my boy like that. Yeah, that come on, that's just mean. <laughs> He's trying his best, man. Uh, the transfer portal Miami's busy, though. Miami's busy. The way Miami's going to get back, if the get back is through that transfer portal. But, man, that thing is ragged and as wild, wild west as we're going to ever see. We're going to talk about college football free agency. But before we do that, uh, did the college football playoff committee get it right? Or are we being sold short because Alabama's not in it and maybe the TV ratings will be a bit down because of that? Did the college football playoff committee get it right 
And are you pro 12-team playoff like Stone and I are and Theo is fighting? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. Did the college football playoff committee get it right? And are you pro 12-team playoff? He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. There are well over a thousand college football players in the last 24 hours who decided, you know what, it's time for me to switch schools. That is crazy. The transfer portal in college football is like if the NFL went full liver king and just shot all sorts of anabolic steroids in its backside. I mean, it is free agency on roids. Think about that. And last year, last year, according to 247 Sports, 30%, 30% of the players that entered the portal found a new home. 30. And that's a lot of guys who didn't find a new home. Yeah, that's true, too. That, to me, is maybe the most concerning part. You got to stay back. Of the transfer portal, yeah. And one of, I would assume, the biggest recipients of the transfer portal or one of the most sought-out destinations from players going to the transfer portal this year is going to be in Boulder with Coach Prime, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, yeah, undoubtedly. That has to be I mean, probably number one destination for a lot of guys. There's been reports, I think, over 200 kids have contacted, yeah. a handful of them, four or five-star kids. The NIL money's starting to pour in, yeah. Um, speaking of, Coach Prime, just to show you how good a radio show we are with sharp minds like we have, um, uh, Bamati Jones said something today that's getting universal praise that, I don't know, we might have touched on a bit yesterday mm. and might have made the same point yesterday. For about an hour. But Bamani, Bamani, he's the man who gets all the love and the adulation. Well, here we are. Where's our love? Where's our flowers? Throw roses at us. Mm-hmm. You are going to you are going to feel like you have had roses thrown at you. You're getting treated right when you take that fast yellow train. Mm. Brightline. Go Brightline.com, free Brightline app. Get your passes and live in style. Live in convenience. Travel stress-free throughout South Florida. This is the only way to do it because as soon as you get in an automobile, you're just pulling your hair out. Oh, Banging your head against the steering wheel. It's just brake lights everywhere. You don't get that with Brightline. What do you get with Brightline? Well, you get the beautiful stations, West Palm, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, If you get a premium seat, you get the outstanding premium lounge with the free snacks, the free drink. You get onto the train with the AC, with the Wi-Fi. If you're in a premium car, again, more snacks, more drink. And you're able to just relax. Let everything that is troubling you go away as you go to Fort Lauderdale, hit up the museums, go to the beach, or head down to the heat game. Just a couple blocks walk from Miami Central Station to the heat arena. The convenience... It's all about convenience. That's the key word when you're talking Brightline. It is the convenience. That's Brightline. GoBrightline.com, the free Brightline app. That's Brightline. GoBrightline.com and the free Brightline app. All right, so yesterday we made the point that Dion Dion should not be 
bludgeoned for going to take the bag at Colorado. No. Okay? I And I made sure that I got Theo's input on this because, to me, him attending an HBCU, having that degree from Hampton, I, I wanted him to tell us how he felt about Dion leaving the HBCU because Dion meant a lot to not only Jackson State, but HBCUs as a whole. And your point, Theo, yesterday was, hey, man, he did his part, and he's making his money. How can I bag on this dude? It's not like he won and done the university. Like, three years he put in, three solid years, and he elevated them to be the biggest powerhouse in HBCU football since really, I would say, well, North Carolina A&T a few years before them, but still. Mm-hmm. They dominate the swag, and, and they're gonna. He's gonna go finish it too. He's gonna go win the celebration bowl. Too many people, though, believe that Dion was HBCU football. There was HBCU football well before Dion Sanders. Yeah. There's gonna be HBCU football well after Dion Sanders. Did he give it a profile it hadn't had in quite some time? Sure, he brought college game day uh-huh. to Jackson, Mississippi. But are, are the HBCUs gonna collapse and die because no. Dion's not there? The answer to that is no. It's no. But. But this is where I do understand where some people might be wondering if Dion is a fraud. I said it yesterday. It's because when he went to Jackson State, he started calling his HBCU venture a calling from God. He elicited a higher power. He made it come off as if going to Jackson State, it is something that from a faith perspective, he was led to do, which would make it, a conquest, which would make it, if you're dropping the word God, a potential lifelong goal, a commitment further than just three years until a better financial offer came along. It was then that he set himself up to receive pushback and anger from those around HBCUs when he called it a calling from God. And wouldn't you know it, this morning on CBS, Bomani Jones, the great, and he is the great. Yep. He is the GOAT. He is fantastic. And where was he? Did, was I wrong, Stone? CNN. It was actually CNN. Oh, it was CNN. Sorry, I got yep. the wrong C. CNN. Babani Jones on CNN. Sort of along the same lines, the same wavelength as this radio show, just a little more eloquently. Here's Bamani Jones. Step into Deion other Sanders HBCUs. Has spent the last 35 years telling us there ain't but one Deion Sanders. <laughs> now he's telling us go find somebody else to do what Deion Sanders does. You can't have this both ways. I don't judge him for taking the job at Colorado. They probably increased his salary by something like 15 times, mm-hmm. right? I totally get that. It all makes sense. But what he did was something that college coaches do all the time, which is you have to sell people four-year, ten-year plans when your plan is always one year at a time. That's the only way that you could really pull that off. And so he came in and he sold a long-term vision for what was going on at Jackson State, but his goals and ambitions were always to be a Power 5 head coach. My take has always been he went to Jackson State primarily because he wanted to be a head coach but didn't want to ever be anybody's assistant coach. So he had to find somebody that would give him a job and make him a head coach and so he could have that on his resume and then he could take that to try to get the job that he actually wanted. Jackson State was the place that could do it, and he did a lot of good work while he was at Jackson State. But all the bigger, grandiose notions of what he was doing for somebody else, no, it was what it always is. He did it for Dion, and that's fine if you don't tell us that you're trying to do this for somebody else. But can he do both? Can't he go to a program and be there for three years, only have five losses like he did, and and bring the attention? Maybe the next person won't be, you know, prime time. They won't be as, as charismatic as he is. 
but he still did bring attention to it. And and what I've seen from the athletic director and other people is they were grateful for him and they oh, no. talked about him going on and something he signaled because of the financial disparities here. No, he's very good, but I think the magnitude of the financial disparity is so much greater than anybody realizes. I think the magnitude of the financial disparity between HBCUs and other FCS schools, the smaller division in Division One, is bigger than people realize it is. So there's room to criticize him for the way that he has left and for the fact that his initial rhetoric is not in line with his ultimate. Well, what would you have him do? What, what would I, you have the man do? Oh, well, I wouldn't have come in in the first place and said that God sent me here to fix HBCUs there and God decided that in the middle of it you were supposed to leave? <laughs> Right? I mean, like, the thing I've said is maybe God wants 10% of 5 mil and not 10% of 375. If God can do math, I can understand why it is. He sold a dream and then walked out on the dream. People have the right to be critical of that. I also would have taken the job that he took at Colorado, right? It's not a judgment of the fact that he took the job. But this is not in line with what he told us for all these years. Huh. Seems a bit familiar to what was discussed yesterday here. Spot if on. we're on the same wavelength as Babani Jones, we're doing the right damn thing. Hey, the weird thing is, though, it took us a, a full like 57 minutes to get out what he just did in two minutes. <laughs> that was crazy. Like we we got to figure that part out. How did he use his words so efficiently there? Well, but then again, we do have two hours to talk, though, so it's different. And we also take calls. We take calls. And we also invite the public into yeah. the forum as well. Yeah. I just think we did the exact same thing that he did it right was. there. Yeah, it was. We absolutely all did. the same points. Yeah, especially the point of like. When and you I'm, tell not bagging, God, I'm not bagging. I'm not bagging on. I'm not bagging on Bamani. What I'm saying is that yeah. if you're on the same wavelength as that man, you're in good shape. We're agreeing with him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do want to ask you about the transfer portal. Because, again, over a 1,000 names in 24 hours yep. got into the transfer portal in college football. A transfer portal where only 30% of players last year found a new home. Some of them left without a school, having to go the JUCO route. They played for a D1 school. All of a sudden, they're playing D3. That wasn't the plan when they got into the transfer mm-hmm. portal. That's not what they uh, were advised was going to happen. Some of these kids getting very bad advice. The transfer portal, is it proper to describe it as dangerous? Is it proper to describe it as dangerous? Because it's great, and it's a chance for a new opportunity to go play if you weren't playing at your previous place or your coach wasn't treating you right. But am I right when I use the word dangerous, Theo, to describe the transfer portal? First off, dangerous to who? The kid. The players. Okay. I would say volatile. I would say it's volatile. Dangerous is a good word to describe it on one side, but I think volatile on both both sides because there's no way for a program – other than, you know, being courteous to the, the players' needs to, to block players from going out. That's why I wonder. I also hope that we don't get any kind of – because what's the biggest impediment to free agency in the NFL? The franchise tag. Mm-hmm. That, but that, that's you something – that you can't college. block a kid I know. from going to the transfer point. I know. I know. I'm just saying. There are other some, ways do that right do. now. You could argue some players should be blocked from going, though, because they don't know, they don't know anything about anything. Yeah, it's a bad. Sometimes they're leaving on a whim. Sometimes it's emotional decisions and and whatnot. Parents, I mean, yeah, and mentors. Also, yeah. when a coach, I know this for a fact, and it's not anything wise that I'm about to say, but when a coach is going to pick up a kid from a transfer portal, it's the first thing they do. Oh yeah, it's called that coaching staff. It's called the head coach of the team that that kid's leaving. And say, hey, is this kid worth it? No, and he says no. Kid's got terrible behavioral issues. He's got a bad attitude. This and boom, that's how you block a kid from uh, having yeah. success out of the transfer portal. It's yeah. a coach. Like Mario Cristobal saying, hmm, I wouldn't take him. He's going to do this, this, and this, and this is what he did to us. All of a sudden, boom, that kid's got to go but somewhere else. there will be some coaches <laughs> who just who, don't care. Who, who are like Kim Kardashian or Emily Ratajkowski 
and they say, we can fix Pete Davidson <laughs> yep. and bring that kid in yeah. because they want to win. Uh, for example, Lane Kiffin is making a living at Ole Miss off of the transfer portal. His biggest impact players in what's going into now his fourth year in Oxford has been via largely the transfer portal. He has found a way to make it succeed. Tom Herman, new head coach at FAU, guess what he's going to be tapping into in a big, big way, especially with the quarterbacks that are coming out throughout college football. That's right, the transfer portal. Is it the ultimate fix? No. But if you handle it right, can it expedite your winning process? The answer is hell yeah. More so than any other time in college football. You don't have to rely on the freshmen to come of age. You sit in their living room. It takes them three years to mature. Now you can go out and get a known quantity. And you can have him contribute to your football team. It's a great thing, but there's also a consequence on the other side. That involves the young man who maybe shouldn't have gone into the transfer portal because now he's left without a college home. 100%. So it's dangerous to kids with attitude problems who are deemed like unplayable on your roster. It's dangerous for high school players now trying to to get to these Division I schools that coaches just don't care about anymore. You just touched on it. We don't have to develop a kid. With raw talent and size, no, I can just go grab one from, I don't know, West Virginia. How, how bad is that, though, Stone? Like, it was already hard enough for some of these marginal high school players that are trying to get to the D1 schools to get offers. I think that's the biggest detriment is the high school players. Again, we have early signing day coming up yep. here. Um, I think the day after the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl game. How tough is that? It's absolutely brutal. Brutal. It's devastating to a lot of these high school teams. But I will say this. I think this is going to be a good opportunity for high school kids to be realistic with themselves. Like when you thought you could go play at a Central Michigan, now you got to go play at a, I don't know, give me a school lower than that because you feel like you have to, but that's more so where you're going to end up. FIU. That's more so where you're going to. Trash bag. Right. So a kid who does hold a Central Michigan offer at their wide receiver position and then Central Michigan picks up three wide receivers out of the transfer portal that are plug-and-play guys, right? It's over with, but then you find yourself at FIU, and then you're going to get into the lineup earlier. So that's kind of my one rebuttal. Like, a lot of these kids aren't realistic, go to these schools, and then end up hitting the transfer portal anyway. But it is devastating. Those numbers, we're going to see those numbers come out. How many less Division One offers were given to high school kids? We'll see it in Palm Beach County. We'll see it on the Treasure Coast. We'll see it in Broward and Dade County. It's devastating. I'm more so waiting to see the numbers because they're going to be big. I, as a college football fan, me as someone who calls games and largely my fall and how it goes is dependent upon that team winning games, I think the transfer portal is a good thing. Yep. NFAU will occasionally lose some of their best players to the transfer portal, get plucked by Power 5 teams, but more often than not, FAU is the beneficiary of former Power 5 guys who are Mm going to be um, brought onto the roster. You can replenish if you lose some of those guys via the portal to Power 5 teams. That said, that said, it also... um, As a person, you look at it and you realize some of these kids, their parents hype them up. They've always hyped them up. The kids actually aren't all that. Yep. And they're told, bro, you're better than this, man. You're better than this. Get out in the portal. That's where where it gets dangerous. And then all of a sudden, next thing the kid knows, he's in the middle of nowhere in Kansas at a Juco. Yep. Because nobody picked him up, and now he's stuck. Or he's at Morningside getting beat by Kaiser. Right. Um, But then Jim Nagy, Jim Nagy, uh, the executive director of the Senior Bowl, tweeted the following today. Money being thrown at college football players in the portal this week is incredible. Have heard upwards of $5 million for some skilled players. It has considerably thinned out the quarterback class for the 2023 NFL draft. <sighs> Travis Benjamin, just saying. Michael Penix, just saying. 
Anthony Richardson did the same thing. Anthony Richardson didn't get the memo. The Gator Collective didn't take care of him. <laughs> he was afraid of it. Oh, I, I am, I am, I am cautiously good with the transfer portal. But boy, it can be disastrous too. Yeah. Is the transfer portal a good thing? 888-760-3776. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Real quick, shout out Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more. Get your joints taken care of, your pain taken care of. BaptistHealth.net slash ortho. By the way, before we say goodbye, it's happening again. Pro Football Talk. Packers GM says Packers will sit down with Aaron Rodgers after the season regarding his future. Death taxes and uncertainty about Aaron Rodgers' future in an offseason. Your boy Stone is a pain in the ass. Hey, we're going to San Francisco, baby. Let's go. Pack up the bags and head west. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's Theo Dorsey. That's Stone. I'm Ken. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. There are... Well over a thousand college football players in the last 24 hours who decided, you know what, it's time for me to switch schools. That is crazy. The transfer portal in college football is like if the NFL went full liver king and just shot all sorts of anabolic steroids in its backside. I mean, it is free agency on roids. Think about that. And last year, last year, according to 247 Sports, 30%, 30, 30% of the players that entered the portal found a new home. 30. And that's a lot of guys who didn't find a new home. Yeah, that's true, too. That, to me, is maybe the most concerning part. You got to stay back. Of the transfer portal, yeah. And one of, I would assume, the biggest recipients of the transfer portal or one of the most sought-out destinations from players going to the transfer portal this year is going to be in Boulder with Coach Prime, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, undoubtedly. I, that has to be I mean, probably number one destination for a lot of guys. There's been reports, I think, over 200 kids have contacted, yeah. a handful of them, four or five-star kids. The NIL money's starting to pour in, yeah. Um, speaking of Coach Prime, just to show you how good a radio show we are with sharp minds like we have, um, uh, Bamati Jones said something today that's getting universal praise that, I don't know, we might have touched on a bit yesterday mm. and might have made the same point yesterday. For about an hour. But Bamani, Bamani, he's the man who gets all the love and the adulation. Well, here we are. Where's our love? Where's our flowers? Throw roses at us. Mm-hmm. You are going to you are going to feel like you have had roses thrown at you. You're getting treated right when you take that fast yellow train. Mm. Bright line. Go Brightline.com, free Brightline app. Get your passes and live in style. Live in convenience. Travel stress-free throughout South Florida. This is the only way to do it because as soon as you get in an automobile, you're just pulling your hair out. Oh, Banging your head against the steering wheel. It's just brake lights everywhere. You don't get that with Brightline. What do you get with Brightline? Well, you get the beautiful stations, West Palm, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, If you get a premium seat, you get the outstanding premium lounge with the free snacks, the free drink. 
You get onto the train with the AC, with the Wi-Fi. If you're in a premium car, again, more snacks, more drink. And you're able to just relax. Let everything that is troubling you go away as you go to Fort Lauderdale, hit up the museums, go to the beach, or head down to the heat game. Just a couple blocks walk from Miami Central Station to the heat arena. The convenience. It's all about convenience. That's the key word when you're talking Brightline. It is the convenience. That's Brightline. GoBrightline.com, the free Brightline app. That's Brightline. GoBrightline.com and the free Brightline app. All right, so yesterday we made the point that Dion Dion should not be bludgeoned for going to take the bag at Colorado. Okay? And I made sure that I got Theo's input on this because, to me, him – Attending an HBCU, having that degree from Hampton, I I wanted him to tell us how he felt about Dion leaving the HBCU because Dion meant a lot to not only Jackson State, but HBCUs as a whole. And your point, Theo, yesterday was, hey, man, he did his part, and he's making his money. How can I bag on this dude? It's not like he won and done the university. Like, three years he put in, three solid years, and he elevated them to be the Biggest powerhouse in HBCU football since really, I would say, well, North Carolina A&T a few years before them. But still, mm-hmm. they dominate the swag, and, and they're gonna, he's going to go finish it, too. He's going to go win the Celebration Bowl. Too many people, though, believe that Dion was HBCU football. There was HBCU football well before Dion Sanders. Yeah. There's going to be HBCU football well after Dion Sanders. Did he give it a profile it hadn't had in quite some time? Sure. He brought college game day. Uh-huh. To Jackson, Mississippi. But are, are the HBCUs going to collapse and die because no. Dion's not there? The answer to that is no. It's no. But but this is where I do understand where some people might be wondering if Dion is a fraud. And I said it yesterday. It's because when he went to Jackson State, he started calling his HBCU venture a calling from God. He elicited a higher power. He made it come off as if going to Jackson State, it is something that from a faith perspective he was led to do, which would make it a conquest, which would make it, if you're dropping the word God, a potential lifelong goal, a commitment further than just three years until a better financial offer came along. It was then that he set himself up to receive pushback and anger from those around HBCUs when he called it a calling from God. And wouldn't you know it, this morning on CBS, Bamani Jones, the great, and he is the great. Yep. He is the GOAT. He is fantastic. And where was he? Did, was I wrong, Stone? CNN. It, it was actually CNN. Oh, CNN. Sorry, I got yep. the wrong C. CNN, Bamani Jones on CNN, sort of along the same lines, the same wavelength as this radio show, just a little more eloquently. Here's Bamani <laughs> Jones. Step into Deion other Sanders HBCUs. Has spent the last 35 years telling us to ain't but one Deion Sanders. And now he's telling us, go find somebody else to do what Deion Sanders does. You can't have this both ways. I don't judge him for taking the job at Colorado. They probably increased his salary by something like 15 times, mm-hmm. right? I totally get that. It all makes sense. But what he did was something that college coaches do all the time, which is you have to sell people four-year, ten-year plans when your plan is always one year at a time. That's the only way that you could really pull that off. And so he came in and he sold a long-term vision for what was going on at Jackson State, but his goals and ambitions were always to be a Power 5 head coach. My take has always been he went to Jackson State primarily because he wanted to be a head coach, 
but didn't want to ever be anybody's assistant coach. So we had to find somebody that would give him a job and make him a head coach and so he could have that on his resume, and then he could take that to try to get the job that he actually wanted. Jackson State was the place that could do it, and he did a lot of good work while he was at Jackson State. But all the bigger, grandiose notions of what he was doing for somebody else, no, it was what it always is. He did it for Dion, and that's fine if you don't tell us that you're trying to do this for somebody else. But can he do both? Can't he go to a program and be there for three years, only have five losses like he did, and, and bring the attention? Maybe the next person won't be, you know, prime time. They won't be as, as charismatic as he is, but he still did bring attention to it. And, and what I've seen from the athletic director and other people is they were grateful for him, and they oh, no. talked about him going on, and something he signaled because of the financial disparities here. No, he's very good, but I think the magnitude of the financial disparity is so much greater than anybody realizes. I think the magnitude of the financial disparity between HBCUs and other FCS schools, the smaller division in Division One, is bigger than people realize it is. So there's room to criticize him for the way that he has left and for the fact that his initial rhetoric is not in line with his ultimate. Well, what would you have him do? What, what would I, you have the man do? Oh, well, I wouldn't have come in in the first place and said that God sent me here to fix HBCUs there and God decided that in the middle of it you were supposed to leave? <laughs> Right? I mean, like, the thing I've said is maybe God wants 10% of 5 mil and not 10% of 375. If God can do math, I can understand why it is. He sold a dream and then walked out on the dream. People have the right to be critical of that. I also would have taken the job that he took at Colorado, right? It's not a judgment of the fact that he took the job. But this is not in line with what he told us for all these years. Huh. Seems a bit familiar to what was discussed yesterday here. Spot if on. we're on the same wavelength as Babani Jones, we're doing the right damn thing. Hey, the weird thing again. is, though, it took us a, a full like 57 minutes to get out what he just did in two minutes. <laughs> that was crazy. Like we we got to figure that part out. How did he use his words so efficiently there? Well, but then again, we do have two hours to talk, though, so it's different. And we also take calls. We take calls. And we also invite the public into yeah. the forum as well. Yeah. I just think we did the exact same thing that he did right it was. there. Yeah, it was. We absolutely all did. the same points. Yeah, especially the point of like. When and you I'm, tell not bagging, God, I'm not bagging. I'm not bagging on. I'm not bagging on Bamani. What I'm saying is that yeah. if you're on the same wavelength as that man, you're in good shape. We're agreeing with him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do want to ask you about the transfer portal. Because, again, over a 1,000 names in 24 hours yep. got into the transfer portal in college football. A transfer portal where only 30% of players last year found a new home. Some of them left without a school, having to go the JUCO route. They played for a D1 school. All of a sudden, they're playing D3. That wasn't the plan when they got into the transfer portal. Mm -hmm. That's not what they uh, were advised was going to happen. Some of these kids getting very bad advice. The transfer portal, is it proper to describe it as dangerous? Is it proper to describe it as dangerous? Because it's great, and it's a chance for a new opportunity to go play if you weren't playing at your previous place your coach wasn't treating you right. But am I right when I use the word dangerous, Theo, to describe the transfer portal? First off, dangerous to who? The kid. The players. Okay. I would say volatile. I would say it's volatile. Dangerous is a good word to describe it on one side, but I think volatile on both, on both sides because there's no way for a program – other than, you know, being courteous to the, the players' needs to, to block players from going out. That's why I wonder. I also hope that we don't get any kind of – because what's the biggest impediment to free agency in the NFL? The franchise tag. Mm -hmm. that, but that, that's you something – that you can't college. block a kid I know. from going to the transfer board. I know. I know. I'm just saying. There are you other can't ways do that right do. now. You could argue some players should be blocked from going, though, because they don't know, they don't know anything about anything. 
Yeah, it's a bad. Sometimes they're leaving on a whim. Sometimes it's emotional decisions and and whatnot. Parents, I mean, yeah, and mentors. Also, yeah. when a coach, I know this for a fact, and it's not anything wise that I'm about to say, but when a coach is going to pick up a kid from a transfer portal, it's the first thing they do. Oh yeah, it's called that coaching staff. It's called the head coach of the team that that kid's leaving and say, "Hey, is this kid worth it?" No, and he says no. Kid's got terrible behavioral issues. He's got a bad attitude. This and boom, that's how you block a kid uh, from having yeah. success out of the transfer portal. Yeah. To coach like Mario Cristobal saying, hmm, "I wouldn't take him. He's going to do this, this, and this, and this is what he did to us." All of a sudden, boom, that kid's got to go but somewhere else. There will be some coaches <laughs> who just who, don't care who, who are like Kim Kardashian or Emily Ratajkowski, and they say we can fix Pete Davidson. <laughs> yep. And bring that kid in yeah. because they want to win. Uh, for example, Lane Kiffin is making a living at Ole Miss off of the transfer portal. His biggest impact players in what's going into now his fourth year in Oxford has been via largely the transfer portal. He has found a way to make it succeed. Tom Herman, new head coach at FAU, guess what he's going to be tapping into in a big, big way, especially with the quarterbacks that are coming out throughout college football. That's right, the transfer portal. Is it the ultimate fix? No. But if you handle it right, can it expedite your winning process? The answer is hell yeah. More so than any other time in college football. You don't have to rely on the freshmen to come of age. You sit in yep. their living room. It takes him three years to mature. Now you can go out and get a known quantity, and you can have him contribute to your football team. It's a great thing, yeah. but there's also a consequence on the other side. That involves the young man who maybe shouldn't have gone into the transfer portal because now he's left without a college home. 100%. So it's dangerous to kids with attitude problems who are deemed like unplayable on your roster. It's dangerous for high school players now trying to, to say that's the get big one. to these Division One schools that coaches just don't care about anymore. You just touched on it. We don't have to develop a kid. With raw talent and size, no, I can just go grab one from, I don't know, West Virginia. How, how bad is that, though, Stone? Like, it was already hard enough for some of these marginal high school players that are trying to get to the D1 schools to get offers. I think that's the biggest detriment is the high school players. Again, we have early signing day coming up yep. here. Um, I think the day after the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl game. How tough is that? It's absolutely brutal. Brutal. It's devastating to a lot of these high school teams. But I will say this. I think this is going to be a good opportunity for high school kids to be realistic with themselves. Like when you thought you could go play at a Central Michigan, now you got to go play at a, I don't know, give me a school lower than that because you feel like you have to, but that's more so where you're going to end up. FIU. That's more so where you're going to Trash bag. Right, so a kid who does hold a Central Michigan offer at their wide receiver position and then Central Michigan picks up three wide receivers out of the transfer portal that are plug-and-play guys, right? It's over with, but then you find yourself at FIU, and then you're going to get into the lineup earlier. So that's kind of my one rebuttal. Like, a lot of these kids aren't realistic. Go to these schools and end up hitting the transfer portal anyway, but it is devastating. Those numbers, we're going to see those numbers come out. How many less Division One offers were given to high school kids? We'll see it in Palm Beach County. We'll see it on the Treasure Coast. We'll see it in Broward and Dade County. It's devastating. I'm more so waiting to see the numbers because they're going to be big. I, as a college football fan, me as someone who calls games and largely my fall and how it goes is dependent upon that team winning games, I think the transfer portal is a good thing. Yep. And FAU will occasionally lose some of their best players to the transfer portal, get plucked by Power 5 teams, but more often than not, FAU is the beneficiary of former Power 5 guys who are Mm going to be um, brought onto the roster. You can replenish if you lose some of those guys via the portal to Power 5 teams. That said, that said, it also, um, as a person, you look at it and you realize some of these kids, their parents hype them up. They've always hyped them up. 
kids actually aren't all that. Yep. And they're told, bro, you're better than this, man. You're better than this. Get out in the portal. That's where that's where it gets dangerous. And then all of a sudden, next thing the kid knows, he's in the middle of nowhere in Kansas at a JUCO. Yep. Because nobody picked him up, and now he's stuck. Or he's at Morningside getting beat by Kaiser. Right. Um, but then Jim Nagy, Jim Nagy, uh, the executive director of the Senior Bowl, tweeted the following today. Money being thrown at college football players in the portal this week is incredible. Have heard upwards of $5 million for some skilled players. It has considerably thinned out the quarterback class for the 2023 NFL draft. <sighs> Travis Benjamin, just saying. Michael Penix, just saying. Yeah. Anthony, Richardson didn't same get, thing. Anthony Richardson didn't get the memo. The Gator Collective didn't take <laughs> care of him. Yeah, he was oh, afraid of it. I, I, am, I, am, I am cautiously good with the transfer portal. But boy, it can be disastrous too. Yeah. Is the transfer portal a good thing? 888-760-3776. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Real quick, shout out Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more. Get your joints taken care of, your pain taken care of, baptisthealth.net slash ortho. By the way, before we say goodbye, it's happening again. Pro Football Talk. Packers GM says Packers will sit down with Aaron Rodgers after the season regarding his future. Death taxes and uncertainty about Aaron Rodgers' future in an offseason. Your boy stone is a pain in the ass. Hey, we're going to San Francisco, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Pack up the bags and head west. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's Theo Dorsey. That's Stone. I'm Ken. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Real quick, shout out Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more. Get your joints taken care of, your pain taken care of. BaptistHealth.net slash ortho. By the way, before we say goodbye, it's happening again. Pro Football Talk. Packers GM says Packers will sit down with Aaron Rodgers after the season regarding his future. Death taxes and uncertainty about Aaron Rodgers' future in an offseason. Your boy stone is a pain in the ass. Hey, we're going to San Francisco, baby. Let's go. (laughs) Pack up the bags and head west. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That's Theo Dorsey. That's Stone. I'm Ken. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.